got nothing to lose. I'm all in. Walking the ends, don't fall in. We've got nothing to lose. We're all in. The time is ours, and we're changing. Amazed, surprised, transformed with no compromise. This is the Game Changing Podcast, where people deserve to win, where magic moments shape our destiny, and where insights from the world's greatest performers in business, sports, and personal development bring you to the edge and change your game. Please welcome your host, Anissa Acker. Well, today on the podcast, we have this amazing gentleman named Jonathan Baldwin, which now we talk about game changing. This gentleman has been in the NFL, not just in the NFL. He was number one round pick in 2011 for the Chiefs. And now we're playing together, Jonathan. So uh, I got Jonathan Baldwin today on the podcast talk about What's it like to play at a professional level in the NFL? And then what's it like when you step out into the world of business and play at that professional level? And a lot of the parallels and what he's done since he stepped out of the arena. Welcome, Jonathan. Tell every, oh, we call him JB, by the way. Jonathan, JB, I don't know if I want everybody to call you. Let's, let's introduce yourself. Hey, Anissa, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a great experience. Um, it was a great experience to be able to play at a professional level, you know, from, from a kid and being able to idolize so many different players and to, to play in high school and, and have success in high school and then go to, to college and be a top performer in college as well and to have the opportunity to be drafted in the first round in the NFL is, is a blessing in itself, you know, um, you get to learn so much from different players and on how to be a professional and so much uh, things that transpire with football, like translate to life after football. So you learn some valuable lessons on the field as well as off the field with uh, the team bonding uh, opportunities and things that you do together as a team. Uh, so it definitely was a great experience to, to play in the National Football League. Well, and let's talk about that because you you don't get to the National Football League and you kind of highlighted it very briefly. You don't get there without the pursuit of excellence and practicing every day. And you mm-hmm. mentioned growing up and playing as a kid. That was in Pittsburgh, correct? Yeah, actually, it's a small town uh, uh, east, east of Pittsburgh, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Um, myself, uh, I'm from there. Darrell Revis is from there, who's my family member. Uh, Sean Gilbert who's a first-round draft pick as well, Mike Ditka, Ty Law, who's a Hall of Famer, uh, Pistol Pete Maravich. And we're, we're a very small town. We only graduate about uh, 77 to, to 80 people uh, per year from our from our high school. So it's a very small town, and it's really rich in, in tradition with sports, basketball and football and track. And we don't even have a track, but we won a state championship in track too. What the hell's in the water there or the meat and the potatoes? Maybe I need to move there because, you know, to get to already get at that NFL level, but to hear that many people from such a small town, mm-hmm. th- there's got to be something that's ingrained there. It's, 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 um, it, it's, it's the roots run really deep. Talk to that because it can't just run deep in your family. It must be 
running deep in a lot of families there as it relates to sports. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a crime-ridden town, so usually the sports is what bring the town together, so it's not much uh, uh, crime or uh, murders or robberies or anything like that during the sports time because everyone usually gather for those events because it's not much going on there. It's a very small town, so uh, the crime rate is very high. So um, being able to grow up and see so many different players have success at the collegiate level and then go to to play in the professional level at, in the NFL, uh, it gives you uh, hope to get out, you know, because it's, it's only a few different things. Growing up and seeing uh, that can happen, you know, in that, that small space and getting out is usually not one of them. You know, so to be able to see those different uh, athletes that you grew up around uh, on a day, day out and day basis on a, in the summertime and then to see them on Sundays, that gives a lot of players a lot of incentive to work very hard to to be able to get out of whatever type of situation they're in. Because a lot of people uh, in that in that uh, where I'm from are in broken homes and they don't have both their parents or they may not have uh, a parent at all. So. Uh, it just gives you extra motivation and extra pushing power to do whatever you can, keep your nose clear of any of the drama, any of the drugs, any of those things that could uh, uh, deter you from what you're really trying to do and, and take care of your family and get yourself out of whatever situation you're in. So um, that's why you see a lot of players now, uh, if you look at my hometown, that are uh, Turner professional uh, athletes from such a small place because they see it from growing up and seeing people around to maybe being around those people growing up and to know, like, if they could do it, I could, I could do it too. So uh, that's that's probably the reason why it's, there's so much success uh, in my hometown. And we only have uh, not that many. We got 80, play, 80 people on our football team. It's about 30 to 33 people. We're going to the state championship and win the state championship every year. Well, and then so with that being said, we all what it says is there was someone for you to see the way through. There was someone leading, right? Mm-hmm. Who was one of your leaders? Who's who's share with me one person that you said, man, I really not necessarily idolize, and not that they were your guru. They definitely gave you that spirit, that spark inside, and you go, I can do it. I know I can. Who was one of those people? Uh, I, would, I would definitely say, I would definitely say it would be my mother, you know, uh, because for some time my dad wasn't around and um, my mother had to make sure she was taking care of all of us. And I've seen the sacrifices that she made for me to allow me to be places that she couldn't even be at because she was making sure that I was able to go and she wouldn't be able to go with herself uh, mm. involved in it. So uh, just those things and um, knowing just how much he did for us uh, to make sure that I was good and everybody else was good. And mainly for me to be able to play sports, uh, she, she, she funneled the way majority of the time for, for, for all of the bills for everything. So I would definitely say my, my mother and my mother was uh, great friends, was still is great friends with Ty Law, who's a, uh, who's a hall of famer, you know, and, um, I got to stay the night at his house many times, uh, wear his rings. Um, he gave me a lot of his, like, cards and things like that. So young, growing up and seeing that stuff, and I seen the worth ethic from him. And then when my dad um, 
was able to be a part of my life again. You know, he was very heavy on my my workouts and making sure that I was getting up on time and uh, always trying to find the extra edge at whatever I do. So I had a lot of uh, positive influences from my mother, uh, my father, and uh, Ty, Darrell, a lot of different people that were successful that I kind of like just was a sponge to. I always, I never really was the, the, the raw, raw type of guy. I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. I just like to listen to as much information I, as I can and pick up any piece that I can so I could um, stick that on to what I got going on with, with my life and my, my practices. So I would definitely say, uh, first and foremost, my mother, who carried majority of the burden, uh, my father, uh, who did the best that he possibly could, which I love him to death, and um, you know, all of the other influences that I was around that I was fortunate to be involved with as well. It takes an army. As you know, you've got uh, six beautiful children, and it takes an army mm-hmm. for them to get a clear vision and a clear direction where they're going in life. And to know that you see mom and dad as your heroes, you know, and that they were there, and all these other players that you got to touch their memorabilia and say, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. wow. If I'm feeling it, that means I can have it too. You know, we mm-hmm. don't. We take for granted, we get to our age now, we go, seen it, touched it, heard it, know it all, whatever. And that's when we start dying very slowly while we're living. And you had everybody there saying, no, keep going, keep going. And now you're, you you were in the league for four years. Is that correct? In the league for four? Okay. And you transition out. Tell me what happened. Number one round draft pick. Clearly love the game because you're still coaching your kiddos, mm-hmm. right? So you never leave the game, but something had you leave at that league, at that level. Share with us, you know, what happens because, you know, just like in business, sometimes things happen and you go down and you get out and you still have to get back up and rebuild. So mm-hmm. share with me before we get over professionally what that kind of looked like with your story. Uh, well, so – uh, I came back from my fifth year and I just wasn't, I just wasn't feeling, um, I just wasn't feeling the same, you know, and I was kind of like counting down the time to be, uh, done because of my knees were just, both of my knees were, were shot and I didn't have the explosion and they were aching just to run, you know, and, and me being a competitor that I am, I still was, trying to give it everything I had. But then it came to the point where it wasn't like something that I could enjoy because it was it was hurting me too much. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to be what made me who I was to even be drafted where I was drafted at. So I needed to make a decision if I was just going to continue to just pursue something uh, that I'm not for sure knowing where my, my knees are and know what level that I need to play at to be successful. Uh, and and to look good to to the GMs and the coaches, uh, I knew what that was going to be, and I, I, I my body just wouldn't allow me to do that. So I had to make a decision for my family to to transition out of the, uh, the game of football, you know. And um, it was a, it was a good it was a good transition. Obviously, I still love the game um, every day. I, I mean, I watch football every single week, you know, and I, I talk to my kids about it. I love the game. You know, but now you translate what 
you learned in, in, in football and just sports in general, you just translate that to, to everyday life and, and what you're doing in your life. Um, I believe there's so many valuable lessons that you can learn in youth sports in general. But speaking of football, while we're on the topic, um, it's so much stuff that happened in, in football where you have to answer it yourself. You know, you can't go and ask mom or dad to do it. You got to figure it out yourself. So it's that adversity that you learn to uh, uh, respond to um, with football that a lot of times helps a lot of athletes that have their mind together and, and understand and understand that beast. You can, you can have success whenever you're done and you're just willing to tackle any, any challenge because of the adversity that you learn with, with, with sports and particularly football for, for my case. Well, and when you think about football, it's it's brutal, right? It's it brutal. Hence why you got out after four years in a sport that you love because the pain and the ache became more than the play and the mm-hmm. fun of the game. And, you know, having that other opportunity to know at some point you're going to change the game that you're playing and now you're changing. Now you just stepped into business. Before mm-hmm. we get there, though, dude, you freaking played with – the Chiefs and Andy Reid is like my favorite coach of all times. He's like this big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And for them to beat that's game changing. They, they beat, beat New England last year. I mean, hello, yeah. hello, hello. Who they who, who they beat in the Super Bowl? It was uh, they beat the forty. Didn't they play forty oh. niners in the Super Bowl? Forty niners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, off yeah. on that. I don't yeah. care as long as everybody beats New England. Yeah, it, was, it was crazy because those, I mean, I played on both of those teams, so everybody was like, "Who are you rooting for?" Uh, because of they obviously I played on both teams, so it was, it was funny. Yeah. Okay, so who'd you root for? I guess that we're all still asking now that you no, brought I, it I up. I rooted for the Chiefs to win. I rooted for the Chiefs. They gave they gave me my first chance, so I, I definitely rooted for the Chiefs. Yeah, and 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 that's and that's the same here. When now you're out and now you're in business, you you know it's someone taking that leap of faith on you as much as you trust that value set of you to take that leap of faith with that person. So you mm-hmm. stepped outside the league. And like you said, it's still that pursuit of excellence. Nothing mm-hmm. changes. It's taking those same skill sets, that same grit, that same tenacity, that same, you know, following the plays, watching the play, seeing what's going on currently so that you stay current. And you brought that same into business. Mm-hmm. You stepped out of the league. What's the first thing you did? Cause I know you're, you're in your, you're not even in your second career, right? Because you football was your first career. Mm-hmm. You did something in between that we're going to share with the audience. And then now you're doing something. And now we're getting ready to play deeper together with what you're doing. So you have continued to trans, uh, transform, transform mm-hmm. yourself. So, so you step as, as, as soon as I got out, I started looking for uh, opportunities to build something. Um, that was like tur- a turnkey situation, and w- w- which I could learn uh, whatever it was. Because I, I mean, I, I feel like anything that I'm, I hear and and just read and just understand, I could do anything. So I said, okay, uh, my grandmother did this for some time. I need to talk to my grandmother about this. Um, and it was senior care assistant living franchises. So. Uh, I started reading up on and understanding the the, the opportunity to, to help people as well as 
make a great income and in, in doing that. And it was what it was with these franchises. So um, we went to training for a week um, just to understand the entire business. Uh, I shadowed the, the owners of the, the franchises um, for a few days just to see like their day-to-day activity, just to see if I like wanted to, to pull the, the trigger and, and purchase these franchises. And I, I ended up doing so. And um, when I purchased the franchises, they were pretty much at the bottom of where they could be. And there was so much opportunity for growth and both franchises that it was, it only made sense for us to purchase those and just make sure we had the right people in place that would make sure we would do what we intended to do with the franchises. So uh, once we purchased them, we completely generated tenfold of what the income was from the the year previous uh, in the next two years. So after two years, my son, my uh, my, uh, my wife's son, my stepson, uh, he got di- diagnosed with stage three rhabdomyosarcoma cancer in his quad. So with me and my wife being huge uh, parts of that business, that's what made me, t- uh, prompted me to sell those uh, businesses because I just couldn't continue to grow the businesses the way that I wanted to grow them with being in the hospital with my son, my wife being in the hospital as well, and me trying to run the businesses the same. It was a lot of things with that, but it was worth to do it. It was worth it. You know, I needed to be there for my son. He needed us, you know, so that was a that was a, a huge part of my life as well during my transition, uh, not too long after um, I had stopped playing. So uh, during that time, I still had uh, a lending business where I would just broker deals out when I played. So I had that for some time, but I really couldn't continue to keep the same type of communication with the players after I got a little bit more separated away from the game, uh, especially during the season. You could communicate with them off season, you know, because a lot of times you're around them. But during the season, I understand the vigorous schedule that um, what happens when you're you know, when you when you play, you, you you don't have all that time to be able to communicate with different things of that nature. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to start my I'm going to start a brand new brokerage, with, which came priority commercial lending. So when I did that, it was the same type of process. I went to a school in Albany, New York, that pretty much taught me uh, all of the different type of products and different things inside and outside that I could know that I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have done this. Um, and obviously I had to pay to, to do this and, um, it just gave me a lot of opportunity to network with a lot of lenders, uh, stand substantial amount of lenders that I, um, have, uh, great relationships in my book of business because of, uh, these relationships that I created through, through networking, you know, and they, they've helped me, uh, do a lot of business with those lenders as well, because I had to face to face with them and, uh, or the calls where they could see my face, uh, just different things like that. So um, that is literally what I did after um, I sold uh, my Comfort Keeper franchises, and I've been doing that ever since. And I, I had a, a substantial amount of success in the fit, fix and flip business, which gave me the opportunity to be on board um, 
with investor funding. So that's you, that's where I am now. And now because of the great uh, relationship that you have with my wife, you know, she gave me the opportunity to be able to uh, talk with you. And now I have an opportunity to be on your team with Anissa um, Merging and Acquisitions and Cal Choice. So uh, that's where we are right now. Dude. You, you said so. First of all, freaking congratulations. Here's what I heard you say. Um, I'm really good. You didn't say this, but here's what I heard. Oh, I trained a week and then I opened up these two franchises. Didn't go one in. I went two in. And, and from one week training, honestly, Jonathan, from one week training, you said for the next two years, I tenfolded the business. Mm-hmm. Dude, I can't freaking wait to play with you. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm like carrying this stuff going, wow, 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 right? And as just like in the NFL, it's no different because life happens, whether you're in the NFL or whether you're out of the NFL and mm-hmm. your your kiddo, you know, has a, a health situation. And the fact that you put family first is why we're playing. Because that's what I do. I put family first. Because if you don't put family first, when you do fall, there's nobody there to fall back with. There's nobody to fall back on. Because the other players are a part of your family, but they're not necessarily in your family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a big difference here when we're talking about playing together. And the fact that you said, you know what, I will forego profit for people, which is my family means anybody would wish to play with you, anybody, regardless of the industry that you're in. And you'll have success in any industry because industries are run by people. And you're one Mm -hmm. of those people that uh, really knows how to connect with people. And you don't need to be rah-rah. You don't need to be loud. Okay, not that I'm talking about anybody that's talking right now. Loud, obnoxious, boisterous. All of those things, you really don't need to be to be successful, clearly, because, you know, and and that's the good thing. You need to know where you fit on a team. And on our team, I'm the loud. When you imagine having two of me on my team? (laughs) I think that's called a natural disaster or a NISA disaster. I'm not sure that would be a perfect fit. Yeah. So let's talk about your, 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 what I love about you, Jonathan, is you're so modest, even when you win big, you, you, you play, you, you don't, you're like America's best kept secret. Seriously. (laughs) You know what I mean? To be number one round draft pick that, that is no small accomplishment. That's a lot of hurt work and grit. I mean, that is so much. And to come out of the league and step into the business league, right? Because all you did was yeah. come out of the sports league and now you're in the business league. Yes, and exactly. You were a game changer in the league and now you're a game changer out of the league. You have gone from a business you knew nothing about, so you spoke to grandma about. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you're like, I'll figure it out. Spoke to grandma on a week's training. And then the next two years, you, you know, tenfolded your business. Kudos yeah, to you. Kudos, thank kudos. You. Yeah. Okay? 
and to step back in. And now say, I'm also doing, you know, I had success in fix and flip. So I do, you know, hard money lending and I equally do commercial lending and I equally now do and play with us. And Mm -hmm. we get people more bang for their buck. You know, we work hard for our money. You worked really hard in the league. You got four years in the league and that, you know, thank goodness you did something else outside of the league. There are people that leave the league and don't know what else to do. And they burn through all of their money that they have. Mm-hmm. You yeah, have well, in your pocket now the ability to help people not do that because you've yeah. not only heard about it, you've, I'm, I'm confident, seen it, confident mm-hmm. you've seen it. And now you're in a league where you can actually say, listen, I can actually help you retain that wealth and not just retain it is how long can I help you live with that wealth further and further and leave that legacy for your family. So tell me a little bit though, before we talk on that and, and lending, because you gloss over your successes. I know last month in September, Mm -hmm. you had your best month ever. I don't know what you have to do to have $30 million in hard money lending in the month of September to be your best month ever. I can't even imagine. And maybe some of our listeners can fill us in. What does that look like? How did that happen? Because that's again, top in the game. Yeah, the yeah, game. yeah. You know, honestly, I've heard you mention this a lot uh, with uh, referrals and I, I truly believe in that every time I hear you say that because it's, it's, it's seriously a referral business. So uh, doing a substantial amount for one borrower, he has another guy that does more volume than him. And he has another guy that has more volume than him. And now that they know that they could come and use somebody that can perform and actually do this stuff and not just milk enough for time and not getting anything done, it, it, gave, me, it gave me the ability to do a lot of portfolio type deals in one uh in one at one time which allowed me to do the volume that I was able to do holy heck and more i mean the the, the volume is impressive what's equally or even beyond the volume impressive is how many people you help how many people you serve right that mm-hmm. there, there's so much more behind that number. Can you speak to that? Do you know what those numbers look like? Because you had those were multiple partnerships. I heard, you know, multiple. Yeah, it, was, it was, it was seven, you know? So if I'm doing a portfolio, if I'm doing a portfolio loan, you know, and it's, 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 it's $3 million. That's, that's, that's seven properties that I'm doing a loan on, depending on the size, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, that you got rental properties, you know, you know how it works. So, it, that's what it was. It was just a lot of portfolios mm-hmm. that accumulated that number quick. And the fact that you said, which is why everybody, there's so many products and services out there nowadays. There's mm-hmm. so many people claiming to do what we do, be it mm-hmm. my insurance industry that I've been in, be it hard money lending, be it everybody thinking they should be in the NFL and they just got missed you know, mm-hmm. at the combine, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Somehow they just missed me. I was so freaking fast. They couldn't even clock me, you know, whatever <laughs> the hell it is, right? Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, everybody claims to be top in their league. 
clearly what I heard you say is the reason you did so well is you were able to perform. You didn't just run lip service. Mm-hmm. You actually said, I know how to share with you what I do and show you what I do. It's kind of the th- thing we learned in kindergarten. It's that show yeah. and tell, right? It's the same thing. And if we can't do that, we need to stop pretending that we can because all we do is let everyone down, including ourselves in the process. Mm-hmm. And now you have seven people. So, and trust me, success leaves trails. Those seven people, I guarantee you, they have seven more people in that circle, right? Yeah. You know, that's how it works. Building our team here at Anisa Insurance. Now we have, well, we have teammates now joining us that we didn't even know, right? Like Curly Carly's <laughs> husband. Oh, yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. By the way, he's Jerry Curl. Jerry Curl and Curly Carly. Jerry Curl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're our teammates now. And we get the ability to change people's situation as it relates to their wealth. And for you to add to those seven individuals the ability to even, and that we're going to chat about, set up that lending differently and show it to them where it gives them more money back, even if it's in a hard money lending situation, dude, I can't even wait to show you some of the shit that it's good. It's my podcast. I can say it. Some of the shit that I know that, uh, that we're just learning. Yeah. That that seems seems like a pretty, a pretty lucrative, uh, source just right there. A huge, a huge source just right in that space. There is so many people and there's another lady I met yesterday that I have to connect you with that has 5,000 real estate agents and another, lady, oh, yeah, 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 and another lady that's looking to buy vacant land. So I'm connecting her with Cal choice. And as soon as she buys the land, guess who's doing the, 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 the loan on the land. Cause she's fully developing it out. So you, yeah. she needs, you have people to connect her with. So this world is, Simply, we're all connected. It's just how how many yeah. layers of connection do we have to go through to get to that person? So mm-hmm. this is a matter. It, it this is a matter of playing in the as a team, right? Is that what I'm hearing you say? You won in the NFL because it was a team. It was an individual performance. But if every individual performs, then we all win. Yeah. And it's the same thing where we are right now. Um, is that the same thing where you are as it relates to lending? I don't know how that works. Give me, fill me in. You know, yes, there's back end underwriting. You write the application. Oh, but- yeah, for sure. For sure. So it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of back and forth because a lot of times, depending on how big the client, uh, you're dealing with, sometimes they don't want to get, get on giving you the stuff. In a in a in an expedited way, so it's like you just gotta stay on them and just make sure they do get you the stuff that they need. Because if if we get to t- time to close and you don't have that stuff available, we can't get a clear to close. So and you know, the clear to close means that we can fund now. So you can't get over underwriting. You're not they're not, they're not going to clear you if that those contingencies aren't met. And you know why you're so good at what you do? Because I heard through a little birdie on our team. That man, you're building this wicked badass house and you have no debt service on it because you know how to manage your money. You are your own wealth retention specialist, I'll call you. Um, is that correct? Or did is that someone just my hallucination? I'm hearing these things. 
No, that, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, uh, Lindsay, probably, Lindsay and uh, uh, Carly, and I think I, they all heard me say I know. That. Apparently, I wasn't present I'm to win. See, and you got to be present to win. So fill me in. I don't know all the details, but the good thing about this is, is you, you didn't get out of the league broke. You didn't get out of the mm-hmm. league not even not knowing fully which direction you were going, you still were able to take the, uh, you're still able to run with the ball. We'll just call it right. Cause you, as a receiver, you have to run with the ball, you still were able to run with the ball in and out of the league. This has been another episode of the game changing podcast with your host, Anissa Acker. If today's episode has you stirred up with a fire in your belly, take action by subscribing and sharing this episode with a friend. And in the words of Rhonda Byrne, when we open our minds to the unlimited creative power, we call forth abundance and see and experience a whole new world. Go change the game.